right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the first episode of the Get Around After Dark. Uh, our rap, uh, rapid fire reaction to all of Friday's prep football action. Uh, we had some pretty incredible games out there tonight, including, and we'll start it off with this right now, uh, Traverse City Central, which found themselves down 28-7 to against Petoskey uh, early in the third quarter, but managed to come back for a 35-28 to win. Uh, Brett, you got a chance to talk to Eric Sugars, the head coach of uh, the Trojans on the phone after the win. What did he have to say about uh, you know how they pulled that game off? Well, he first off, he did say that he was shocked, and he knows that they're not going to win a lot of games that way. Uh, but basically, that one went to halftime tied at 7, and Central fumbled it away their first three possessions of the second half, and Petoskey cashed each and every one of them in for seven points of their own, built that 28-7 lead, and as we've seen Central do before, uh, they never got discouraged, and they just they made their comeback. They're, I think... Uh, their next three possessions, they scored touchdowns to not the game. And then, uh, you know, the, the other weird part about this game, you know, I, I asked Coach, I said, you know, were you guys playing with a greased ball up there? Because there were nine fumbles in this game, six by Central. They lost five of them. Ironically enough, with 54 seconds to go, Jack Sherwin causes a strip sack of Petoskey quarterback Joel Wilson, and linebacker Connor Morrison picks it up and returns it 15 yards for the go-ahead score. Uh, less than a minute to go, and then I think they got an interception uh, to end the game officially after that. But just a ridiculous game, and one that follows up two years ago, the last time they were in Petoskey, they trailed 21-0 at halftime and came back and won that one 28-27 in the last minute. Well, not only that, but they trailed last week uh, 14 to nothing before they came back uh, and won that game uh, against uh, Gaylord, correct? Is that who they played last week? Yeah, against Gaylord. You know, their last four games, if you go all the way back to the TC Patriot game, uh, granted they only trailed West 8 to nothing, but they did take a lead in that game, and in the three games since then, they've trailed by at least 14 points in all three games and taken a lead at some point in all three they've only won two of them but uh i mean this team is pretty remarkable in the fact it doesn't matter how much you get them down by they think and often do make a comeback it was pretty crazy is when i was uh in the press box at the Roby field covering the uh, Trevor city west game as they were playing benton harbor uh, I saw the score on Twitter and related to the announcer at Thurlby, and when he read it out, there was an audible gasp, like a loud audible gasp, where like you could hear the crowd go <gasps> when they heard the score was twenty-eight to seven uh, with Petoskey. And then as uh, it, was, it was, I was the one that was looked at as who was going to you know giving the updates for the scores. You know, then it was twenty-eight to thirteen, and then twenty-eight to twenty. And then 28 to 28, and every couple of seconds, there was this little kid in in the press box who was like, "You got any update on Central? You got an update on Central? You got an update on Central?" I'm like, "Just hold on, buddy. Uh, just <laughs> give me a second. I, I will let everybody know as soon as I know something." Uh, and then, yeah, when I saw that uh, that Morrison had recovered that fumble and taken it back to 15 yards for uh, for the game-winning touchdown, and then. Uh, you know, uh, for Central to then end it with an interception to kind of ice the game that way. Uh, it just shows you that this is a team that has a great deal of, I would it's almost a raw talent versus potential right now, I would say, with this team, that they've got a lot of raw talent, they've got a lot of potential, uh, and they've been able to put that together the last couple of weeks, even though they've done it, uh, you know, in probably a fashion that Sugar's, 
wish they wouldn't. He probably would wish for a. He absolutely know, said that too. He a said thirty-four he, or thirty-five to seven win instead of a thirty-five to twenty-eight where they were trailing by three touchdowns. Yeah, he he said this is not the way we want to go about it. Um, and, but at the same time, you know, he said looking back at it, when, when it does happen and they do this, that it tonight was amazing, is what he said. So, uh, don't want to get behind, but if you do, this is a team that. You know, you don't want to doubt. Yeah, are they going to be comfortable playing with a lead at any point this season? Like, what are they? They might. It'll be unfamiliar territory with them playing with a lead, especially early in the game. Yeah, it hasn't happened since the first two weeks of the season. But you know, I think the thing we have to remember too is, uh, you mentioned raw talent. They have a lot of upperclassmen on this team, but it's a largely a group of upperclassmen that before this year didn't get a lot of playing time because the past upperclassmen groups have been so good. Um, so I, I would still expect them to be able to take uh, pretty significant steps over the f- past or over the next few weeks of the season uh, in terms of getting ready, getting ready and uh, for the playoffs. And they sit at four and two now. Uh, it would have been a huge difference had they lost this game, sitting at three and three as far as looking at your playoff prospects. Because uh, you know three and three, you got to win out to get your guarantee. Um, now there's still work to do, but if you're central, you feel pretty good about you know being able to get to six yeah james uh the game that you were at tonight you had uh you went out to glen lake and watched frankfurt uh, uh, take on the lakers in the glen lake uh, homecoming game uh what i heard is that frankfurt was leading 20 by 23 points at the half had a uh, two uh two score lead late in the game and then somehow the lakers managed to come back and and get this win and we're, we're talking about a, a kid named nick Apsey who uh what scored six times is that right Six touchdowns, four rushing, two receiving from Cade Peterson. Um, <clears throat> you know, his yardage numbers weren't ridiculous or anything like that, but, I mean, they get him the ball inside the 10-yard line, and he's going to cash it in in those games. Um, it was 27-13 to 13 at halftime, um, and Frankfurt had just controlled the first half. Um, Glen Lake came down, scored first on its first possession, went up, but then Griffin Kelly returns the kickoff for a touchdown. He's just gone. Um, and he bobbled it, too. Bobbled the uh, the kickoff, um, looked like maybe he was going to get hit for a loss, and then he was just gone up the sideline. Frankfurt was kicked the extra point, and they were up six to seven. How athletic is that kid, is Griffin Kelly? What's, I mean, his his moves, what is he like watching him out on the field? He's just crazy. He's just like like grease lightning. I mean, he, he give him the More ball. More grease. You give him, you give him the ball, and, uh, and you know, they kind of run that jet sweep around the, around the tackles a lot um, with him, and... You see the play developing, and you're like, oh, he's never going to get around the corner. He's never getting around the corner. Oh, there's 20 yards. <laughs> it's just like clockwork. Um, and, you know, and uh, and he just it pulls that off all the time where you just, you're thinking he can't get the corner, he can't get the corner, and boom, he's gone for a long run or a first down, you know, or something. The uh, What does this win mean to Glen Lake? Knowing that they could have really been behind the ball on that one, uh, had they had they lost that game, uh, coming back like that, what does that do for them as a team? Their confidence going forward. Um, it's got to do a lot. I mean, they're third. They're three and two um, now. You know, I mean, they suffered those two losses to two really good teams, um, but they had to have been kind of doubting themselves. Now they've they've won two in a row. They've put themselves right in the thick of getting into the playoffs. Um, you know, I think they've got a schedule to the point where the, they will be favored in pretty much every game from here on out, going into the playoffs with some, some momentum. And, uh, 
and just knowing that they can go into a game against a really good team, and if they get down a score or two, they don't think they're out of it. Yeah, the you know what did you see from the in terms of composure from Kate Peterson there in the pocket, being down and then being able to lead his team back. Um, yeah, yeah, they they ran the ball with him a lot. I mean, he had way more touches than than Nick Apsey, um as far as the running game. So they ran they were running quarterback keepers all over with him, and then and then throwing the ball, he was you know sitting there in the pocket, um, calm, collected, hitting his receivers. I think he was fifteen at twenty three passing and uh, about half of those incompletions were drops uh, including a couple in the end zone um, so I mean he he had the, the pretty much the complete package plus he came in and played a couple plays on defense late in the game got an interception that sealed the win yeah it's you know you're looking at those two teams who uh, both of them very very talented uh, very strong both on the offensive side of the ball uh, certainly is uh, attested by what was the final score tonight? Uh, why am I blanking on that? What was the final? 44 to 48 to 34. 48 to 34. Yeah. So they came back and they won by two scores and yeah. really just put the screws to them on defense in that second half apparently. Yeah, they scored the last 29 points of the game. I mean, what was, the, what was the biggest difference there for Frankfurt? I mean, their offense was obviously so effective early. What I mean, did did anything change for them other than Glen Lake started playing better? I mean, yeah, Glen Lake started playing better. They started bottling up Kelly. I think they started playing the edge better on those on those sweep runs and stuff, and forcing uh, Frankfurt to run up the middle. Um, and then Frankfurt just started to turn the ball over too. Um, they had uh, Frankfurt was in the first half was running an option play a lot, where Kirk Myers would come around the edge and. I mean, your standard option play, you know, if, if, if it's open, he takes it. If it's not, he pitches it back for, for Griffin Kelly. And in the third quarter, or fourth quarter one time, uh, I believe that the score was tied at the time, uh, he goes around the corner, and there's a linebacker there. He goes to pitch it. There's nobody there. There wasn't a player there. Yikes. And Glenn Lake jumps on it. Um, I, I don't know if somebody was supposed to be there, and he misread the play or Maybe you saw a ghost. Whatever it was, but yeah, he just he just pitched the ball backwards like you would normally would on a on that kind of play. But there was nobody there. Frankfurt jumps on it. A couple plays later, they score to go ahead. Well, the other big game of the night uh, was at Thurlby Field here in Traverse City, uh, where Traverse City West uh, took on the Benton Harbor Tigers and defeated them in, in a pretty convincing way, thirty to thirteen. This wasn't. The uh, the same uh, offense that West uh, had shown in the previous two weeks, uh, they weren't going to put up 52 or, or 58 points on a Benton Harbor team, uh, but they did get theirs. They, they rushed for 293 yards, a, a team that had been at that point averaging close to 360 rushing yards per game, which is pretty much just obscene. Um, but, uh, yeah, they did come away with the 30-13 to win. And we're able to bottle up uh, quarterback uh, Denny Brown from Benton Harbor. I mean, bottling up to the you know to the tune of 193 yards on 18 carries, but they were able to bend and not break. Uh, uh, watching that kid, I mean, I even tweeted this out. I said watching him move sometimes hurt my ankles. That's how. I mean, he was making he was making some West players look silly. Just able to move on a dime, and it was it was a thing to watch. And I, I think that. Uh, 
the uh, you know the Titans were were lucky enough. I, I'm not going to say they were lucky. They were disciplined enough to know that they could bend and not break uh, on Denny Brown uh, and, and walk away with a win, giving them uh, their sixth win of the season, moving them to six and zero. They are now playoff eligible. They'll be going to the playoffs for the second straight uh, season. Uh, Brett, you were there with me for the first uh, good uh, part of the game. Uh, what did you see from West that you liked? Well, defensively, they were very impressive. Um, you know, you, you were talking about uh, Denny Brown, and, you know, the one thing I was interested in from Ben Harbor's uh, perspective was maybe why it seemed like they didn't feed him as much early when the game was still close. You know, you mentioned that the big uh, stat total that he had at the end, but I feel like most of that came after halftime when West had already established itself. Now, if is if that's just a you know case of you know West maybe not having their foot on the gas quite as heavy as they did in the first half, or if it was just Ben Harbor got to him late, I'm not sure. Uh, but like you said, even though even though Brown had almost 200 yards on the ground. I mean, there really wasn't much of anything there. And, you know, Ben Harbor did try to throw a little bit in the first half, and there was even less. I mean, maybe three-yard completion here, two-yard completion there. But, I mean, there was there was nowhere for Benton Harbor to go. And then uh, offensively for, for West, it was just really impressive how even on the drives where they didn't score points, it's not like it was three and out and we're going to punt. It was, okay, we're going to grind five yards, grind another five yards, first down, and we're going to at least move the chains three or four times, pin Benton Harbor back if necessary. Uh, And, you know, ultimately I think it probably ended up wearing the Tigers out by the end. Uh, I mean, you looked at their defensive line and even their inside linebackers, they had some big kids on that defensive side. And, uh, you know, they handled West's rushing attack really well early on, but I think it just got to a point where West had so many big guys and they're just coming at you every single play that at, at some point you just can't contain them anymore. Yeah, the West uh, defense held Ben Harbor to just 25 yards uh, in, in the first half, which is pretty impressive, especially when you consider what Denny Brown did in the second half. You know, of his 193 yards, he got 67 of them and 55 of them on his, the two big rushing touchdowns. Uh, but you you look at a, a West team that has such a solid running game with so many players that can run the ball, uh, including John Jerkovic, uh, who led them tonight, and Eric Levante, who was uh, just behind him uh, by a few yards. Uh, but it, you know they were without Andrew Campbell, who was serving his one-game suspension after being ejected from uh, last uh, uh, last week's game uh, on a questionable call from the referee. Um, but again, it's not as though they missed him all that much. You know they they were able to to you know do what they needed to do. Uh, they had that play to end the game after uh, after. Um, uh, Danny Brown had scored the 55-yard touchdown. It looked like Benton Harbor had themselves uh, a good uh, dose of momentum going forward, but West came right back, went on a, I think it was either a 12 or a 13-play drive uh, with 7.03 left in the game, and they could have run the clock out, uh, but Sean Darren scored a 13-yard touchdown with 46 seconds left uh, to give them a, the, you know, uh, the 17 point lead it's it's just really impressive what that team can do uh, despite not being the biggest guys on the field they're not a huge they don't have a huge offensive line uh, but somehow they're just so 
technically sound uh, that you know they, they get the job done week in and week out, and we've seen that now through the first six weeks of the season as they are uh, sitting at six and zero. Yeah, the uh, you know there was a point there in the first half before I took off that uh, it was funny to me because I mean you've been watching these guys seemingly every week because Wes plays at home every week. Yeah, it's been uh, really nice because I love Buffalo Wild Wings. A free Buffalo Wild Wings, I say. I would never pay for Buffalo Wild Wings, but I would certainly eat the free. Unless Buffalo. they're willing to sponsor this podcast. Unless they're willing to sponsor this podcast, then they are delicious. Anyway, Kyle Withers, a fullback, uh, he took a handoff up the middle and rumbled thirty yards for a score, and you looked at me and you like. Who was that? And I, I didn't know the, the number, but I said Kyle Withers, and you were not surprised that Kyle's, Kyle Withers could find the end zone, but just surprised because he was like guy number seven on the list that, that you, know, you would have expected to be carrying the ball right there. Yeah, their depth chart is ridiculous. I mean, let's see. You've got uh, Jacob Pulaski when he's healthy. You have Eric Labonte, John Jerkovich, uh, Odin Safradini. You have Kyle Withers. You have Sean Darren who can run the ball. I mean, it's... It is an embarrassment of riches at the running back position uh, for uh, for West. They can they can just wear you down, and their running backs aren't going to get tired because they're not going to be carrying the ball, you know, 20, 30 times a game. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And now they got Campbell. They're going to get Campbell back. Are they going to even get tested the next two weeks? Uh, I think you know before cold water. The, the nice thing about Wur is I know that after this game. He is once again going to crack the whip because he did not like the way that his players were acting on the sidelines when they were up 23 to nothing. He thought they were too jovial, too too happy, joking around, and that they lost focus on the game, which is why you know Benton Harbor was allowed you know to score those uh, those 13 points. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Wur is going to be he'll have some words for his player uh, his players and, and let them know that you know we're not taking off our helmets and, and joking on the sideline when you know when it's still in the third quarter we're we're business four quarters uh, throughout and I think that might be beneficial for them going forward because if they can remain that focused for the entire uh, however long it is 48 minutes uh, they're going to be uh, you know a, a team that's contending uh, until the end I, they're 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 just that good all right, so that just about wraps it up here. Before we get out, uh, I'll go over some more uh, scores here in the area. You had uh, Bel Air uh, and Pelston. Bel Air took care of business 50-14 to after being tied 14-14 to at the half. Uh, Boyne City took care of business uh, 34-13 to against Kalkaska. Elk Rapids uh, outlasted Kingsley 27-21. Uh, Sheboygan put up 50 points against Benzie Central in a 50-30 to win there. Uh, Misik defeated Big Rapids Crossroads 58 to nothing, and Onekama won 50 to eight against Atlanta. Uh, week seven, boys, uh, it should be a good one coming up next week. A lot of things on the line. Uh, it's it, getting down to the nitty gritty here. Yeah, it, I mean, this is the best time of the season for sure. As teams start to clinch or get close to clinch, it just feels like I mean, even 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 though in the case of a game by game basis, no, you know, not one means any more than the other, but it just sort of builds up to that postseason where every game feels like it's bigger than the last one, and uh, especially you get down to that last week or two where teams that maybe aren't the the front runners right now, they're you know, do or die, got to get it done. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other things we learned this week is you don't take Elk Rapids to overtime. Double overtime at double, that. Double overtime. They, they've won overtime games two weeks in a row now. Um, and they're 5-1 and one this season. I mean, I don't know that anybody really saw that coming. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening to uh, the Get Around After Dark and our rapid-fire reaction on this week's prep 
football action. Uh, please join us next weekend. Be sure to uh, check out uh, the regular episode of the Get Around Podcast, which will be out Tuesday morning. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend.